Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church located in Katy, Texas. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing that faith with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message. God bless your week. Secular psychologists say that there are three things somebody needs in order to have a happy and fulfilled life. Number one, you need to believe in something. And not just something or anything, but something that is true. Number two, you need to be loved and have someone to love. Number three, You need something worthwhile to do. It's not good to be bored with nothing to do. It's also not good to be busy, 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 but then deep down you're wondering, what is all this activity good for? I don't know if any of it's worthwhile. Guess what? Jesus checks every box. Jesus knocks all of that out of the park. He gives you something to believe that is true, Last forever. He loves you like none other. Literally thought you were worth dying for. And if you forget that or aren't sure about that, just look at the cross. Because that's where he died for you. Because of his love for you. And then he gives us something worthwhile to do. The best possible thing. To build our own faith and then to help others also build their faith in God's truth. That's what Peter is talking about today in the sermon verses from 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's unpack those now together. And as we do so, don't forget that life for a Christian in the day of Peter's day was horrific. Could not have been worse, really. The Roman government was persecuting the Christians. The bullseye was on your back if you said, I love Jesus as my Savior. These are the people who had to worship in the catacombs, not publicly like we are now, out in the open. These are the people who were thrown to the lions for entertainment, the people who were burned at the stake. And a smaller persecution would be maybe they'd have to run for their lives from their home or they'd lose their job and and not be sure what they're going to eat for lunch today or dinner. It was a terrible time to be a Christian in Peter's day. And yet... Instead of wallowing in fear and pity, Peter says, you are chosen and precious, and let me tell you the reasons why. We begin with verse 4 of First Peter chapter 2. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. I'm going to read that last part again because it's so important. The one who trusts in Christ will never 
be put to shame. You never have egg in your face in the end and embarrassed because you believed in Jesus and now look what happened. No. The scripture calls Jesus the living stone. Now what a strange combination. A living stone? I was trying to think of what, what would a good picture of a living stone be and it's really hard to come up with one because there really aren't any. Uh, the best I could come up with was you're down by Galveston or Surfside and you, you see this shell that looks dead and lifeless on the sand and all of a sudden it starts to walk because it's not just a shell that's dead and lifeless, it's a hermit crab. And while the shell is lifeless, the hermit crab inside of the shell is not. The scripture calls Jesus the living stone because he is the only one who has life after death power. The only one. Nobody else. The unsolvable human problem. How am I going to make it past death? Jesus is the living stone. And not only does he have the power to raise himself from the dead, he also says, because I live, you also will live. Because I have power over death, you also have power over death. Because I have conquered what no one else could conquer, you also can conquer what no one else can conquer. Death, sin, hell, it's yours, says the living stone. The verse that I read says, the living stone, though rejected by humans, many of them, was chosen by God, precious to him, and then he is at work, the living stone, making other living stones like us, believers. People who also had a stone-cold soul at one time, not believing in anything, but now we have life in our soul. We trust God. We take him at his word. The living stone creates living stones like us to be his spiritual house. What a great building project. Another symbol or phrase for Jesus is the word cornerstone. With the hymn we sang right before, Christ is our cornerstone. On him alone we build. In a building project, the cornerstone was the most important piece of the building. The cornerstone was arranged perfectly in just the right spot. And if the other stones were in line with the cornerstone and every angle lined up just right, you were going to be a blessing to the building and to all of the other stones, weren't you? But if a stone kind of did its own thing and was off, then you were going to be a problem for the building and all of the other stones around you. Jesus is our cornerstone. On him alone we build. Martin Luther had this to say about the difference between what we think inside when we try to believe our own stuff and what we trust when we hear God's word and listen to God's word the way he wants it to be listened to. Luther said, We must make a great difference between God's word and the word of man. A man's word is a little sound that flies into the air and soon vanishes. That'd be like if you're trying to do your building project, but your own thing, not the cornerstone's way. Just a little sound that vanishes soon. But the word of God is greater than heaven and earth. Yes, 
greater than death and hell, for it is the power of God and endures everlastingly. Jesus, the living stone. Jesus, the cornerstone. On him alone we build. Two different words are used to describe both the living stone and the cornerstone. Look at your verses and you'll see it, even though you might have missed it during the first time that it was read. Verse 4, what kind of living stone is this? Chosen and precious. Verse 6, what kind of cornerstone is this? Chosen and precious. Jesus was chosen by God, handpicked by him for a very special job, one that only he could do, save sinners from death. He didn't shy away from the challenge. He came from heaven to earth, lived perfectly, died in our place, rose from the dead as only he can do, and then gives that gift to us. He was chosen by God for that task, precious to God because he completed the task. No one else can do it. That's why we say Christ is our cornerstone on him alone we built. That's why the scriptures talk about Jesus being the living stone and in him alone are we living stones with something powerful to believe, knowing that we are loved, ready to love others, and also with the most worthwhile way of life around. Giving something to someone that lasts not just for a few months or a few years, but for an eternity. Powerful scriptures today, aren't they? The one who trusts in Jesus is never put to shame. And yet, what do we find when we rip up, open our soul a little bit? We do find sometimes we trust him, but sometimes we doubt. Sometimes we think we'd be better off if we were a stone that we're doing our own thing, different than God's word. Sometimes we aren't sure if trusting Jesus is the best way. We might be ashamed in the end if we trust him. We shake our fist at God and we think we know better in our sinful, human, puny minds that, as Luther said in that quote that I read, is just like a little sound that flies into the air and then vanishes. Somehow we think that's better than building on the cornerstone that lasts eternally. So we believe our own stuff in our sinful nature. We aren't sure if God loves us or not. Maybe we have to earn it first. We have doubt in that. We look around and we think we'd be better off living a me-first life, trampling to the top. We believe that lie that is so common. You can have it all. And so we spend our time trying to get it all. Who cares who we offend? Who cares if we, we cheat someone out of something? This is happiness up here. You can have it all. But in the end, what do we find? In the end, you find what I was believing was a lie. And then you find I thought I would have it all, but instead all I found was a sweaty struggle. And here I am alone. Because I spent my time not loving anyone and others distanced themselves from me as I was trampling them to try to get ahead. We have all this sin in our life 
that would be building a life different than what the cornerstone would have us build. And that's why it's so comforting and eye-opening and empowering to remember whether anyone believes in God's word or not, it doesn't change the fact that the Bible is God's eternal truth. Whether anyone believes in Jesus as the Savior or not, it doesn't change the fact that Jesus is still the Savior and the only one who can conquer death. The living stone, the cornerstone, the one and only chosen and precious Savior. And what a comfort it is to know that as we believe in him, we, like him, are chosen and precious too. Because of Jesus, our Savior, we have something to believe in that is powerful that not even the gates of hell can overcome. The devil's lies to us are like a ping pong ball against a brick wall. They got nowhere to go when we believe in Christ and his powerful word. We know that we're loved, no matter what happens. And we're sure of it because we aren't loved by God because of us. We're loved by God because of Him. You see the big difference? It's not that we have to climb a ladder a bit and earn God's love to be sure. No. We are loved by God because He loved us and chose us to be His very own. It's how he rolls, it's what he does, it's the way he thinks. He can't turn it off. God is love. The Bible says that very clearly. And that gives us the most worthwhile task. When you're living a simple, humble Christian life, you are not just moving a pile of rocks from point A to point B, and then moving that pile of rocks back from point B to point A all your life. No. You have the most worthwhile task that anyone could even dream up. The building project inside, trusting God at his word and growing in his love, sharing it with others. Giving someone an eternal gift they otherwise would never have. What a powerful thing to be doing with your time, the, re the remaining time on earth that God gives you. This is described who we are and what we can do in the next few verses 7 to 10. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. So some reject Jesus, sadly. Doesn't change the fact he's still the cornerstone, he's still the savior, he's still his power over death. What about you who do believe? This is what you can drink in today. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people of God, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You are a chosen people. God picked you. It wasn't by accident. It wasn't by chance. He picked you. 
He wanted you to believe in His promises so that you could have life after death along with Him. You are a royal priesthood, a very special person to serve God. Royal, not because you wear a crown and rule over many lands. We'll save that for the folks in England, right? You're royal in God's eyes because He decided to give you the ability to conquer sin, to conquer death, and to conquer hell. That's why you're royal. You have something to say when Satan says, what's going to happen after you die? How can you be sure you're going to go to heaven? We say, we are going to heaven because of Christ's finished work. We are a royal priesthood. A holy nation, God says, we are. Say it out loud. I am a saint. You can say that. Because a saint is a holy one. Someone whose sins are removed in Christ. That's you. That's me. And what are we to do? We are a people belonging to God so that we declare His praises. He created us. He redeemed us. That's the building project of your heart. That's the building project that lines up with the cornerstone. And we as living stones connected to the living stone keep growing in God's Word together for each other and for others who today are confused and afraid and lost. Yesterday morning, we had our first building committee meeting in quite a while. Gary here is the building chairman, and, and uh, it might have even been the first one you've led for us, right? I think, I think it was. So we're still a little ways away, acquiring permits, getting plans lined up, and so on, but we're, we're moving. And the first thing we talked about at a meeting yesterday was there's a building project that we're working on, and, and things are moving one step at a time. But even though it's going to be a couple of million dollars talked about and this color and that selection talked about, the more important building project is not going to happen out this way. It's going to happen right in here. The building project of your faith in Christ as individuals and as a congregation together, helping each other to do that. The building project of believing what Jesus says and trusting. I'm never ashamed now or ever, when I simply take him at his word and say, wow, and thanks. The building project that comes when we know we're loved by God, chosen and precious to him, and ready to give all of our hearts, our energy, our dollars, our time, the attention, the focus, so that other people also can have that I am loved by God confidence. In this cancel culture world in which we live, we get to love others, even if no one else is, and talk to them about their Savior to repent of their sins so that they can know the peace that we have found in Christ. That's the building project that matters most. And we'll do this other one too over the next few months. God bless us all as we think about the building project of the living stone and cornerstone creating for his very own purposes living stones like us lined up with the cornerstone to declare his praises and serve each other and many more in love all the days of our life. Amen. We know your time is precious. 
Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you be so kind as to click to follow our show and give us a five-star rating? That's a quick and easy way to help us get the message of truth out to more people. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.